Hey, before we start our episode, if you want to be featured on the show in a case study where I develop a three to five point plan to bring you from broke to brilliant in 10 to 15 years, then email me at evanthomasbroke at yahoo.com. I'll send you my questionnaire. You fill it out, send it back, and if chosen, you'll be featured anonymously free of charge on an upcoming episode where we take a look at a financial or motivational topic to gradually shift your thoughts from a broke to brilliant mindset. And as always, this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Please consult with a financial advisor if necessary. My name is Evan Thomas, and this is the Broke at 40 podcast. So I did some research, and I wanted to share with you in terms of budgeting, what percentages of your income should go to different buckets within a budget. So grab a piece of paper, grab a pencil, and I want you to write these down and kind of walk with me through this whole concept of identifying where you are within these percentages of your budget. And you'll be able to identify then if you are out of whack, right? If your numbers are higher than these numbers, then there might be something going on that needs to be corrected. As a money coach, I talk to people all the time about their budgets. And one thing I've realized is that many people are spending a lot more money within these categories than they should be. So as I do all the time on the Broke at 40 podcast, I will let you look at Evan Thomas's numbers and you can compare them to yours. And again, I know I am super conservative. I am not the norm, but here we go. So as you know from a previous episode, my gross income is $107,000. $107,000 is approximately what I make with my salary and a bonus. So, you know, go ahead and write that down on a piece of paper. $107,000 gross. Well, the tax is approximately 22%. So that's $23,540 is the tax. So if you subtract that out, you would be left with a bucket of approximately 85,000 as what I call then household income, which means after tax. So write my numbers down if you want and then compare them to yours a little bit later or hit the pause button if you'd like. But 85,000 is the bucket of money of after tax, not after my 401k. Remember, if you go back to my previous episodes, of my salary portion, I put in 27% into my 401k, Roth 401k. So I'm paying a lot more tax now. That's included in the 23,540 per year. And so make sure you get the right number when you look at your own income. Don't make the mistake of taking your paycheck. You really have to go to your, uh, well, what they put into your checking account, for example. Make sure, because actually that would probably be after tax and after what you put into your 401k. Are you with me? So make sure you go to your pay stub and you look at the numbers and make sure you back out if you have anything going into your 401k. So again, for me, 85,000 is the household income. That's the bucket that I have to spend. Now, what do I spend that $85,000 on? Well, there's five different categories. There's five different categories that we hear of in the budgeting community, and they are as follows. Housing, 
transportation, life, debt repayment, and savings. So those are the five categories, if you will, of what could be within um, your, your budget, right? So write down those categories, housing, transportation, life, debt repayment, if you have it, and savings. Now I'm gonna share with you what my numbers are and what's included within those, and you can do the same, and I'll tell you what my percents are. Well, first I'm gonna tell you what the standard percents are in terms of the community of budgeters, if you will, and then I'll back into my numbers and percents. So for housing, the percent that is recommended, and remember housing includes everything from property tax, association fees if you've got it in a condo, um, your mortgage, right? Everything, um, including potential maintenance. So housing is 35%, no more than 35%. Transportation costs, which could be gas, car insurance, car payment if you have it. Transportation is 15%. In the life category, write down that that is 25%. Life includes food, fun money, utilities. Then 15% should be allocated to debt repayment. Again, if you have debt. I know many of you listening to the podcast probably have debt that you're repaying. And we talked about having the ability to focus your dollars into those buckets as well as into savings. So debt repayment should be no more than really 15%. And then savings should be 10%. Savings can include, you know, what you put into online savings account and your retirement accounts. And it can include the company matches. And I'll talk about those in just a little bit. So just to recap quickly, housing 35%, transportation 15%, life 25%, debt repayment 15 and savings 10%. That equals 100. Now, when you look at your numbers, hopefully you are lower than those. You might be way off, and in fact, most Americans are. So let me share with you what my numbers are today and what the dollar amounts, dollar amounts are in there. And trust me, this has taken me many years to get to these lower percents. Um, I'm not saying that everybody should be where I am, but it's how I've been able to focus those percents into savings, as you'll see here in just a minute, which will allow you over time, if you're broke at 40, to get to where I am in 15 years. So housing for me is only 8% of my $85,000. So my housing includes, I'll give you the dollar amount, $6,611 of the $85,000. So $6,611. That includes my property taxes, my association fees monthly for my condo insurance, which is $1,897. My property tax is only $550, if you can believe that. And um, Association fees are 4164 so that totals $6,611, which represents 8% of my take-home pay of 85000 
My transportation costs are only 2% of my household income. 2% and it took a long time to get there, but I paid cash for my car, which is a Mazda 3. So that's not included here. So if you have a car payment, you would include that in this total transportation number. So mine is only 2%. Remember, you can go up to 15%, but 2% for me, um, which is um, a total of 1520, which is gas about $520 per year, and my car insurance, which is about 1,000 for a total of $1,520. That's only 2% of the 85,000. All right, let's talk about the life category. This is where people get into trouble. For most of you, as a money coach, when I talk to people, this is where people find, and they probably don't even realize it sometimes, but this is where they've got most of their money being tied up in terms of where they're spending. They just spend on fun. So the life category includes food. You've got to feed yourself. Food, fun, and utilities. So if you go back to my build a budget podcast episode, you will know that my fun bucket that I give myself every year is about $10,000. For me, food is about 500, or I'm sorry, $5,200. Electric, $600. Cell phone, $648. And my internet is $528. So for the year, my life total dollar amounts is $16,976, which does represent 20% of my budget. So I'm not far off from the 25%. So I kind of like that really when you look at historically what a budget should be, I am willing to spend $10,000 on fun, right? Which during this pandemic, of course, it's much less. So I'm saving quite a bit and I'm filtering that money into my ally savings account, which is pretty cool. So whenever you have a buffer and you can take advantage of whatever's going on in your life and shift that money into these other buckets, you know, great job. That's a major win for you. So I'm really close to the recommended 25%. So for me, the life category for food, fun, and utilities is 20% of my 85,000. So debt repayment is the next category. For me, that's 0%, and it has been 0% for many, many years. But if you've listened to my previous episodes of Broke at 40, my second episode, I believe it was, was called Bankrupt at 29. So my history is that age 29, I had a bankruptcy, believe it or not. That's why I became really good with money because that was the single most upsetting moment of my life, not only financially, but of anything that's ever happened. I was so ashamed, so ashamed to be bankrupt at 29. Go back and listen to that episode. Um, And if many of you are feeling ashamed right now of where you are at 40 because of your debt, because you haven't saved money, you know, go back and listen to that and you'll hear that I was the same way. I was in denial. I didn't want to know how much money I had in debt couldn't even add it up. But then I went bankrupt and that gave me the fresh start to build into my surviving years, which you'll hear about in a previous episode, to then the thriving years, 
which the thriving years incrementally over the past 15 just kept going up and up and up in terms of my ability to save, which is the next category that I'm about to get to. So my debt repayment in my budget currently for today, for this fiscal year, is zero. My savings for my budget for right now, my savings is 70%. I think I've shared with that, that with you in a previous episode. Everybody listening to me right now should try to get to a higher savings rate. Don't take the 10% that you heard me say just a little while ago as what should be the normal savings rate. For the general population, yes, 10%. Had you been doing that back in your 20s and 30s, and of course I wasn't, then maybe you could get to where I am at my age and not have to put so much money into your budget to save. But I was behind the eight ball. I knew that at 40 I was broke. So I had to change the trajectory of my future and filter a lot of these percents into my savings if I was gonna get to a million dollars by age 55. So that was my goal. And what you have to do then is look at your budget and say, where can I cut? Where can I move? And how can I get most of my money into this category that I'm talking about right now, which is your savings? And so traditionally for budgeting, we hear 10%. Yes, for the general population. But if you're broke at 40, you've got to get that number up. There's no other way to get to a million dollar net worth in 15 years other than with real estate potentially. And as I shared in previous episodes, that's just not me. I don't want to be a landlord. I'm sorry, I just don't. <laughs> um, so for me, I knew I have to get my money into investments. And that's exactly what I've done. So for this current year, 70%, that is $60,000. So $85,000 is my household income after tax, as you know, 60,000 of that is filtered into investments and savings, which I'll list out for you here in just a second. But that other $25,000 of that 85 is everything I just talked about. Housing, transportation, life, and debt, which I have none. So that's 25 grand if you add that up. 6611-1520-16976 equals 25,000 as everything else in my budget, those were the dollar amounts, Remember my percents were 8%, 2%, 20%, and zero for debt repayment. So if you look at it that way, then you'll see that for me right now, I'm able to save the $60,000 per year. But what does that include? Well, my Alley Online Savings, in my budget I put in $10,539 into the Alley Online Savings. My Vanguard account of the investments that I talked about in a previous podcast is 9,500. My Roth IRA, which is after-tax savings in mutual funds, is $6,996. $26,000, you'll recall, I put into my 401k. That's of my money, percentages my, of my paychecks and also a percentage of my bonus. I always get it at twenty-six grand. That's what the government allows me to put into that bucket. My company match is $4,500 per year. My health savings account is 2800 per year for a total of 60000 approximately that goes into that savings vehicle to give me 70%. So that is the categories 
that I would like you to focus on, and as you're looking at your piece of paper, as you just looked at what I shared with you, now I'd like you to take some time on your own is to look at your actual numbers. So if you've been actually, maybe while you're listening to this podcast, you've been cross-checking over to your budget, go ahead and add up everything like you did for me, and you may have other expenses in there as well. You're gonna have to fit those somewhere into the housing, transportation, life, debt repayment, or savings, right? With the ultimate goal, as you know, as we move forward, and again, you may want to work until you're 60, 65. So if you're 40, you've got a lot of years. You have a lot of years. I can't stress that enough. You know, don't be ashamed of where you are. Do not be ashamed of where you are. When I was broke at 40, yeah, I was ashamed. Uh, it's not like you're going to go out and tell a lot of people. But when you look in the mirror and you look at yourself and you talk to yourself, as we all do, don't beat yourself up for what you didn't do in the past. Just don't do it. Look into the future instead and say, how can I take what Evan Thomas just shared with me in terms of these budget percents? Look at where you are now, what's your reality, and how in the next one to two years can you shift that to get to numbers closer to what I shared with you that I'm doing so that you can filter those percentages into the savings bucket. That's the ultimate goal is to get most of it or as much of you can as you can of it into the savings bucket so that at age 40 you can begin to build that wealth. You can get to a million dollars in 15 years potentially. You're going to have to be dedicated. You're going to have to really look at the, your money every single month and every single year. And I know many of you have a lot bigger expenses than I do. So I haven't had lots of expenses. I don't have children. I don't have children that I need to put through college. You know, I, I looked up recently that to raise a child costs $200,000, a little more than that. So I know that many of you are in this position, which in fact, on one of my episodes coming up, as I shared last week, I'm going to be talking to David and Amy in Boulder, Colorado, and they have a certain, I'm going to be looking at their money and helping them to see what can they do in their budget in these five categories that I just talked about. And maybe you'll relate to that. Maybe you'll be able to see that if you have children that are eight, 10 years old right now, and you've got another eight years before they go off to college, what is in your budget, right, to, to spend on your children? That has to be built within your budget. But as you know, you probably have two incomes in your household, whereas I've had always just one income. So you're listening to these episodes of somebody that has done this on one income. And I was making 40 grand in 2006, up to 100,000 now in 2020. But for you guys, if you're a part of a married couple and you've got a husband and a wife that are both working and maybe you're both making 85,000 net each or maybe under that, but you're definitely better than where I am most likely, then you'll just have to look at that as a major win in your budget in your future because you have the potential to save and invest a lot more than I do. And so I'm really excited to talk to David and Amy and look at their money and look at how I can help them, you know, um, cut certain things that they may not need to be spending money on so they can shift a lot of that into their savings bucket. And then I'll do an analysis for them um, to share um, if they're really strict and they follow the budget where they could be 
in about 15 years. And I'm going to do pr other episodes then on other folks that are also at midlife or broke at 40 and trying to figure out their way. Um, I'm going to look at different categories of people in different situations, single, married, lots of different scenarios, one of which will probably be something that you can look at and say, yes, that's kind of like where I am. So how can I learn from the coaching that I'm going to provide to these folks on the podcast that you can then apply to your own life going forward? All right, so that is going to wrap up this episode of Broke at 40. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Again, I know I've got lots of new listeners. I have actually been marketing this podcast recently on other platforms, so I know some of you are coming in and you're finding me for the first time, so I'm super happy and super excited that you're here. Um, I hope that many of you write in to the show at evanthomasbroke at yahoo.com. That's E-V-A-N-T-H-O-M-A-S. B-R-O-K-E at yahoo.com. Feel free to let me know where you are in your financial independence journey. You know, give me things like, what is your net worth right now? What are your budget percents? Don't be ashamed. If you are in um, dire straits right now with the pandemic, um, if you are like me at age 40 where you are broke, that's fine. You can write into the show and become whoever you want. Again, I'm not Evan Thomas. So you can write in and say, these are my numbers. What can you do to help me as a money coach? I would be more than happy to use your story on the show so that we can share with others and so that they can learn and we can all collectively learn as we go forward in our financial independence journey. All righty, that's going to do it for another episode, everybody. Hey, I've got a favor. If you've got a friend that's struggling financially at any age, please share this episode with them. Let them know that I went from broke to a million dollar net worth in just about 14 years. And if I can do it, anybody can. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please give us a five-star review. We would really appreciate it. What do I always say? It's okay to be broke at 40. It really is, but not at 50 or 55 now that you found us. You can change your financial destiny. I'm Evan Thomas, and this is the Broke at 40 podcast. <laughs>